Wow, good job. Man, I heard all of those songs Thursday night. I heard them all uh, early this morning as they were practicing. Um, and I heard them again, and I love them um, all. Uh, so, so I'm pretty, like, I am pumped up this morning. Um, and I, even ha- I haven't even had that much coffee. I've had like five cups maybe is, is all. Um, and that's a, a mediocre day uh, for me. Um, but when we begin to, to talk about it and look at, I think that, that God is good to us that he loves us no matter what. It's unfailing for us, even in our circumstances. I believe that just changes our, our perspective of everything. Uh, when we can really focus on the goodness of God and that he loves us and that he's pursuing us, not to punish us, but to, uh, but to show that love to us, I really think it does change everything. Um, now, tonight, I want, how many of you are rooting for the Patriots tonight? Wow, we got like three. Uh, what about the Rams? Yeah, like three or four or five on that side. And, and, now, like, and this is the, the thing that I've noticed or here anyway. Uh, looking on Facebook, listening to the news. Like most people don't want either team to win. Like they're just trying to figure out which one they want to lose the most. Which is it's kind of like, yeah, like I don't want either team to win, but I don't know which one I want to, uh, to lose the worst. The, the Rams, um, man, all it took for them was to get out of St. Louis. And they're like, I, like, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, but I grew up really not caring about football because I grew up in Cincinnati and the Bengals are what they are. I mean, I mean, if you like them, you're just destined to a life of being a loser, kind of like a kind of like a Cubs fan. Like I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, but but one thing is for sure about tonight's game, um, Patriots and the Rams, is neither one of those teams are going to be playing to lose, or playing not to lose. Like, they're not going to just sit back and say, you know what, we're just going to do whatever we can not to lose. Like, both of those guys, um, Brady and Goff, they're going to go out there and they're going to try their hardest to win. Like, they're going to, look, they're going to try to throw a lot of passes. They're, going to, they're not going to be playing this prevent type of offense. Like, hey, we're just going to do whatever we can to not lose. But I think that's the way so many of us live our lives, is that we live our life not to lose. We're afraid that, hey, we might make a mistake or, or we might fail or we might come up short. So we're just gonna play it nice and easy and play not to lose. Here's what I wanna tell you today is if you're in Christ, you don't have to worry about losing. Like go all out. If you fail, who cares? But try hard and you'll do something great for God. And that's kind of where we've been in this series, You in Five Years is it's been challenging you to look not at just the next 60 months or 12 months, but it's 60 months and to plan something great for the kingdom of God. And listen, if you fail, so what? You tried. I think about Peter who stepped out of the boat that he was in when Jesus said, hey, come on to me. And he stepped out of the boat and he walked on water. Did he fail? Yeah, he ended up failing and sinking and, and nearly drowning, but he experienced something that nobody else had ever experienced in history besides Jesus was he was able to walk on water for a little while. And if you live your life playing not to lose, listen, you're going to be ineffective and unproductive in in the kingdom. And you know what that leads to? It leads to a lot of depression, anxiety, and fear, playing not to lose. And I'm kind of, that's what we're gonna gonna be this morning. And I told Sandy this morning, good luck following the notes. Because I have, have honestly, this sermon uh, started coming together last summer in July. 
And so I've been studying and, and putting, um, I didn't know when I was going to use it. Um, it just happens to be this week. Um, but I had 37 pages of notes before I, before I started chopping them up this morning. So if I bring 37 pages up here, that's like 37 times. It takes me about three minutes to get through a page. It's like 104 minutes, 121 minutes, 101 minutes. I'm not good at math. But like you guys aren't going to listen for 100 minutes. If I can get you for 20, we're in good shape. If I can even stay focused for 15, we're even in better shape. So I've been chopping them down. And, and what, what, what I'm, we're going to talk about is from evening till morning. Because here's the thing, I really do believe that so many people, and, and this sermon came about, like I said, last summer when we were at CIY Move. And the speaker that was on the stage asked that day, how many of you students suffer with depression or anxiety or fear? And nearly the entire room stood up. I brought, like, we're living not to lose. And it leads to depression, anxiety, and fear. And, and I've been very honest, I've, I've struggled with depression for a, a long time. Um, I have panic attacks and anxiety, so I know the feeling that's there. And I'm not saying that I have any easy answers for it or, or that you just need to have more faith and trust God more and, and it'll all go away because chances are it won't. But what I can tell you, even in those times, that God is with you and he wants you to be victorious and, and to walk through that. So we've been in this series, You in Five Years, and we talked about in week one that we asked the question, where do you want to be in five years? And, and really, is that the direction you're heading? Or are you going toward that? Um, and then week two, we talked about why is it so difficult to change? Like, why is it so difficult to, to be the people that we want to be? Because we all have this goal. We all have this idea, at least, of, of who we want to be. Why is it so difficult to get there? And we kind of talked about, well, the reason is inertia. That inertia is your best friend or it's your worst enemy. Um, because things at rest stay at rest. And a lot of times we're lazy and we're at rest. But things in motion continue in motion and they continue on a straight line. Um, if, if possible. And so what we want to do is we want to create motion in the right direction. Like we want to begin to um, get the ball rolling in the right way. Last week, we talked about how it's going to happen. It's going to happen little by little, like step by step. A lot of the things that, that you do and, and, and you make progress toward, like you're not going to always see visible progress and in, in change um, during, during the process. That sometimes we have to be obedient for a long time before we see the payoff. And this week, we're going to talk about, like, when? Like, when, when is that going to happen? And, and the sermon title is From Evening to Morning. And the main text is going to come from Genesis chapter 1 uh, this morning. Um, and we're going to see from evening to morning, I believe, is the time when the most change is going to take place in our lives. It's going to be the time where, where we can take the most steps that we have. And there are a lot of places in scripture that talk about this concept of evening to, to morning. Um, the words are popping up all over the place. So I made up a little list um, as we were going through. Um, the book of Exodus chapter 16, like the Israelites, they're wandering around in the desert, like they've, they've gotten out of Egypt and God's leading them to the promised land and they're complaining and, and grumbling. Can you imagine that? God's people complaining and grumbling. Never heard of the like. Um, but, but they're wanting to go back to Egypt and be slaves again. Um, because at least they had food there. I mean, they're looking back on their past, which was horrible, and saying, hey, let's go back. At least we were, were able to eat there. 
Um, but God, like he did, he had compassion on them, um, and he started feeding them. And this is what it says in Exodus 16, starting in verse 6. It says, so Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening you will know uh, that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Like, who are we that you should grumble against us? And listen, and that, that's kind of my attitude when it comes to complaining and arguing. Like, you're not complaining against me. Like, you're complaining against God most of the time. Who am I? Like, I, I'm just doing, like, my best. Not, not, not perfect all the time by any means, but I'm just doing my best to do what God wants me to do. Um, but it says, in the morning, you will, because you grumbled against him. Verse 8, Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all of the bread you want in the morning because he had heard your grumbling against him. And again, who are we? You're not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. So like in the evening, he's feeding them with quail or from, the, from the sky. And in the morning, like he's giving them donuts, like Krispy Kreme donuts every morning. Like how awesome would that be? And they didn't use that word, like they didn't call it Krispy Kreme donuts in the Bible, but it says it was bread and they tasted like honey. So what does that sound like to you? Like to me, it sounds like donuts. Like it, it's just in my head. Um, but, but every morning, we can look at Psalm 90, where the psalmist is describing the whole of life, uh, all of life. And he says kind of, in the morning it flourishes and grows, but in the evening it's, it's cut down and it withers. Kind of like one of those plants that spring up quickly and, and then just die. Ecclesiastes, when the writer is, is kind of talking about um, uh, diversifying and stuff like that, he says, man, in the morning you plant your seed, in the evening you find something else to do. Because you don't know if the seed's going to grow or not. So what are you going to do? Just sit there and watch, the, watch your grain, see if it grows? No, to find something else to do. And then if one of, them, one of them will be productive, one of them won't. Or maybe both will. He said, and use that time to figure out another business or, or another way to make money. We could talk about uh, the return of Christ. And I love talking about the return of Christ. I can't wait for it to happen. But the disciples are all around Jesus and they're asking, hey, when are you going to come back? And I love his answer. Like, he's like, oh, I'll tell you. And so they're getting out their pens and their paper and they're wanting to write notes. And he says, well, it could be at midnight. Could be when the rooster crows. Could be at dawn. Could be in midday. And they're like, forget that. Like, and he's giving them all these options. And I could go on. There's 40 different times that the words evening and morning appear in the same verse in the scripture. But my favorite is, is the first uh, chapter of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1. And it says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over them. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Um, and darkness, and now Sandy, you threw me off. I was reading your notes up there. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. So God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. So look at that, evening and morning the first day. First day pops up in the Bible and it's defined by scripture as evening followed by morning. Like that's different than how we think about a day, isn't it? Like we think about a day um, really actually quite confusing because actually our day begins at midnight at 12 a.m. But we think of a brand new day as when we get out of bed in the morning, 6, 7, 8 a.m., so, man, we, th we wake up, we think, man, I got a brand new day, coffee dumping in. Oh, well, technically, like we've already been in that day since midnight. And the scripture pictures a day actually even different than that. It pictures a day when the sun goes down. And like, that's how Jews still figure time. 
Like when we were in Jerusalem, um, and four o'clock then, the sun was going down super early. At four o'clock, everything was shutting down. Why? Because that was the start of a new day. Like business is closed. Like when the sun goes down, it's ending one day and starting a brand new one. Sunset to sunset, evening followed by the day. The evening is the beginning. And then you have a whole day that follows. And that's kind of where I want us to focus this morning. Like in this area of time that we have from, from about right now, it's about 5.30 uh, p.m. Is, is average when the sun's going down right now. Um, and at about 7 a.m. is about when the sun's coming up. Like I want us to focus on those 13 and a half hours and just think about what we can do there. Because that's the chunk of time that I really believe that if we're going to take next steps, that it can happen. I believe that we can be the most productive in that area of time. Now, ironically, what we do in generally speaking is, is we focus all of our time on 8 to 5.30. 8 in the morning to 5.30, like that nine and a half hours that we have the least control over. Because most of us have stuff to do during that period of time. We've got to get the kids to school. We've got to get to work. We've got, like most of that time is already scheduled for us. Like we have very little control over that time. That's when doctor's appointments are. That's when the DMV is open. That's when the post office is open. Like we have to get certain things done in that period of time. Like everything like tries to fit in there. And life is the craziest there. It's the messiest there. It's the dirtiest there. It's the fullest in that time. And we focus and push everything into that period of time. And what I do believe was we, we neglect the far superior time that we have that we can actually change our lives. The, the far superior time that we can actually take steps because we actually have control over how that time's spent. And so we're gonna focus on that this morning. And my sermon in a sentence is really this, is if you anchor your evening and your morning, you've already had a great day. If you anchor your evening and your morning in Christ, you've already had a great day. It doesn't matter what happens in the middle because your morning and your evening have been anchored. And what I'm trying to say is like, it's hard to have a bad day that starts well and ends well. And there's two very practical ways uh, this morning to live this out. Uh, very, very practical. And the first one is this, get sleep. Number one, get sleep. And, and by the way, I'm gonna say a lot of very practical things this morning that I'm not very good at. So that's how I've been studying this stuff and, and looking up this stuff and researching uh, since about July of last year. And, and really, the, you're listening to a conversation or thoughts or notes that I've put in my head of things that I'm not good at that I need to work on. So you just get to be the beneficiary of that, of a man having a conversation with himself. Um, you can call um, the mental hospital as soon as we're done. But number one, get Get sleep. I'm saying like your first thing in your response to, to, to the person that I want to be in five years, to, to changing and how I'm going to get there, I have control over this amount of time, I'm going to begin to, to defeat depression, anxiety, and fear in my life. The number one thing that you can do is get sleep. But that's hard. Like why, why is that so hard? Like two words, this guy, Thomas Edison. What a jerk. Like, like he's ruining your sleep. Here's why. An incandescent light bulb. 
Like he, he created that little light bulb. The day was December 31st, the year was 1879. And for the very first time in a public setting, Thomas Edison flipped the switch and, and turned on lights. And the whole world found out that, uh, well, that what could happen when there was this unnatural light that could be commanded at the flip of a switch. And at that time before Thomas Edison gave us the light bulb, on average, like your great-great-grandparents, and on average in 1879, people were sleeping 10 hours per night all across America. Right, 10 hours. The average amount of sleep that people got back then was 10 hours. Fast forward to today, the average American, uh, with the addition of the light bulb, um, six hours and 51 minutes. We've gone from 10 hours to six hours and 51 minutes. And listen, that's not an improvement, in case you're wondering. Because now we have lights that can sustain life and cause activity to take place whenever we want them to. I mean, think about it. In those days when there was no incandescent light, like you couldn't go in and just flip a switch. Everything you had to do was powered with candles or, or with lanterns. Like, so you were much more limited in, in your activities. Like, that's why there was families had 12 and 15 kids running around. <laughs> like, when, when the sun went down, like, listen, it was go to bed. Like, I mean, like, the craziest thing. Hey, let's eat. Let's talk about the fire for a bit. Um, well, and then there's nothing else to do. We're going to go to sleep. Maybe. Um, <laughs> but, but now, listen, now, now we prop ourselves up. And you can have lights on whenever you need. And you're getting less sleep because we have light. And of course, we could go further from Thomas Edison and talk about Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and with the screens and the blue lights and, uh, that come in, like that destroy our body's sleep patterns. Um, that, that they affect actually the chemical makeup and the melatonin that, that we have. It affects those things. So we can't even get good sleep when we're sleeping. And that causes, listen, that causes a whole lot of problems. Uh, Sarah Mednick, who, who's a, an associate professor of psychology in, in California, she said this, um, and I'll just read it. Studies show that, that if sleeplessness is linked to irritability, anger, depression, and mental exhaustion, and you can Google it for, for yourself, but basically the bottom line is that, that if you don't sleep well, like you're, you're probably not going to eat well. It affects that. Like you're, you're not going to be in a, a good mood if you haven't slept well. You don't have as much energy when you haven't slept well. Um, and just everything kind of spirals out of control. Like the base that kind of holds everything together is a good amount of sleep. Or you don't have the foundation for, for the next bit. And what's the optimal amount of sleep? Like they say the optimal amount is eight hours. The amount of sleep that we should be striving for, study after study, shows about eight hours. Top performing, meaning people who are performing well in their field, their career, their business, uh, whatever, uh, is average of eight hours and 36 minutes. So we think, man, and I, and I think for myself, if I can get five or six, like I'm doing great. But I think we should be thinking higher when it comes to sleep, especially if we're going to beat or defeat depression, anxiety, and fear if we're going to get to, to be able to take the next step that God's wanting us to take, we have to understand that we have to get sleep. Pretty simple, isn't it? Pretty practical, pretty basic. Man, that's not why I came to church today. But hey, listen, the second one is this. The second one is, this, is go deep. Deep. 
Not, not, we're not talking about sleep anymore, um, but how do, how do we go deep? And there's three ways that, that I thought of, spiritually, physically, and creatively. Like we, we have control over this amount of time. Um, we're talking from uh, 5.30 to, to 7 in the morning. Go deep. You know, and spiritually, listen, spiritually is the most important. Like it, it is. People often, and one of the biggest criticisms of me, and I'm okay with it, like you can criticize all you want, is that, man, that, that, that Josh doesn't preach very deep sermons. Like he tells us to get sleep like, and stuff like that. Um, but here's the thing. I, I don't think, if we go deep on Sunday morning with 300 different people in here, half of y'all are gonna drown. And I don't want that. If you want to go deep, and I think going deep is important, but I think it is between that time of 5.30 p.m. and 7 a.m. in the morning where you're alone with God, digging into his word, learning from him, seeing the next step that he wants you to take. Because we all can't go deep together because deep means something different for each of us. But you have to go deep. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I'm God. There's got to be a time set apart from evening to morning where you are being still and knowing that he is God. Where you're in his word, where you're praying to him, where you're, where you're fasting. Joshua 1, 7 through 9, I love these verses. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Just keep this book of the law always on your lips Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know, if we're going to take our next steps, if we're gonna become the people that God wants us to be in five years, if we're gonna defeat uh, anger, or depression, anxiety, and fear, listen, we're going to have to understand and know the word of God. You're gonna have to be immersed in it that's why he says be strong and courageous don't live like you're afraid to lose be strong and courageous because i'm with you you have to go deep spiritually and now maybe you do that before you sleep that's awesome um that's the way adam did it in fact um in genesis we see adam was walking in the cool of the day um with god so the sun's going down it's beginning to cool off and adam and god are having this alone time that's awesome but here's the thing, whenever you do it, like it just has to be done. Like you have to go deep spiritually. If only thing that you're relying on to go deep spiritually is one hour on Sunday morning, like you are missing what God has for you. You've got to eat during the week. The second thing is physically. Like you've got to go deep physically. And this is one that's really, really a struggle for Josh. Like, I mean, it is. Like, like we're getting deep into our tissues, like we're working out, we're, we're doing some things that are good for our body. Like maybe that's uh, for me, like let's take a walk or do my one push-up. <laughs> like like uh, people have said, hey, come to the gym with me. And listen, like I'm probably not going to the gym. Like I, I wish I could. But we've got to go deep physically. Like we've got to work our body. And it's gotta be such an emphasis. And here's why. Uh, when you work out physically or you do some sort of physical activity, it has the same effect on your body as taking a little bit of Prozac and a little bit of Ritalin. Like that, that's the effect that it has, Prozac and Ritalin. And Prozac helps your mood, Ritalin helps your focus. 
And we're living in a day where so many people, listen, are looking to drugs to help their mood, looking to drugs to help their focus. And listen, and I'm, not, I'm certainly not saying that, that if you need drugs to, to not take them. Like that's between you and your doctor. I am, I am for them. Um, to, to, if you need to take them, take them. But what I'm saying is that so many of us are looking for drugs to do what we could actually do in our own lives. Like we are the most over-medicated generation that's ever lived on the planet. And exercise, in exercise, we're given the ability to, to have mood-altering, focus-enhancing um, enzymes produced in our own body. So go deep physically. And I don't know if you can do that at night or in the morning um, or whenever you do that. Um, I could actually say that the morning is a, a better time because those effects of Prozac and Ritalin only last about 12 hours. So if you do it in the evening, you're absolutely actually sleeping away those effects. And the third one is this, creatively. Uh, you've got to go deep creatively. I think we, have, we are the most uncreative generation as well. Um, and I'm speaking my generation and, and even older. I mean, look at Hollywood. Hollywood is not even creative. We think that they're creative. But what they keep doing is just making the same movies over and over again. But you think, well, why creative? Well, because if you go back to the beginning in Genesis chapter one, like we were created in the image of God. God was a creator and he created us, I believe, to be in his image, to be creative. Like, and this is the time, like from evening to morning, it's the time like, where, where you can be creative and how you wanna get to where you wanna be in five years. Maybe it's take a class. Maybe it's read a book that, that's going to change your life. Uh, maybe it is dream and, and think about how, how you're going to improve. Maybe it's to, to sit down and you're going to focus on art or, or music or, or something like that. But to be creative in, in who you are. You know, I, and then you got to have a plan. Like that's just real simple to, to end it. You know, when I wake up, I'll just tell you my plan. My ritual is I'm up at 5 a.m. like every morning. And I know that by 8 a.m., like that's when people are gonna start showing up at church. That's when my day is gonna start getting crazy. So I know I have from five to 8 a.m. That, that that's my period of that I'm going deep. And when 8 a.m. rolls around, like I've gone deep spiritually, I've gone deep uh, as deep as I'm going to go probably physically. And, and, I, and I've tried to be creative. You, you've gotta have a plan. Because here's the thing. If we're living history, we, and we've gotta write that down. If we're living history, Listen, what you are. If the God who made the heavens and the earth loves you and lives in you and is part of working in your life and he goes before you and you're part of the, the greatest thing that's ever happened, the advancing of the kingdom of God, the church, like the changing of life every day, then maybe you go to work as a banker or a school teacher or a coach or, or whatever you do. If you're being God to people, if you're being Jesus to people, if you don't write it down, how's anyone ever gonna know? You've got to have a plan and you've got to track it and write it down. You know, I love what God says about us as, as we talk and think about our life and not living to lose and where we're going to be in five years. So many places in the scripture in, in Joshua chapter one there over and over again. He said, don't be afraid, be strong and courageous. Paul would write um, that God didn't give us a spirit of fear or timidity, um, but of love and of power and of self-control. Peter would write, hey, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Paul, again, would write to, to be anxious about nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. You have control over a certain amount of time in your life. 
What are you going to fill it with? Because that's where change is going to happen. That's where you're going to go from here to here is what you do. And we're going to offer a time of, of decision today. And, and I know, I said, when, when, when it was asked at CIY how many people were struggling with depression, fear, anxiety, 70% stood up. Listen, and, and I know there are people in this room that are struggling with it. And maybe you need prayer. Maybe you need someone to walk alongside of you. Uh, maybe it's stemming from some guilt or some sin that, that's in your life that you need to do away with. Maybe you need to give your life to Christ for the first time. So we, we want to, as a family, be with you. So we're gonna offer an invitation time this morning and, and I'm gonna pray at the end and, and even now just for everybody. It's kind of we all struggle with it. But if there's a specific need that you want prayed for or prayed about, uh, Todd and I are gonna be up front and I'm just gonna ask you to come down during that time. Father God, we come to you right now knowing that you've called us to be strong and courageous knowing that you've called us to, to not live in fear but to, to walk in victory because you've already secured it but man it's so hard sometimes it's so hard to, to trust you when we don't know what's going on it's so hard not to, to fear uh, what's next Lord, I just pray this morning for each and every person that's here. I pray today would be a day that, that they learn to trust you more, that they learn to, to live in victory, small step after small step, that we learn to, to, to control and to manage the, the time that we have from evening to morning in a way that's glorifying to you and beneficial to us. Father, I'm thankful um, that we have Jesus who suffered and died for us to pay the price for us for when we do fall, when we do fail, when we do come up short. It's in his name that I pray.